Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Care to expand on that? I just woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Amarabian, joined today by Jack Shields and Brady Trantham is Yo. in my room right now. Yo. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find a podcast. Man, yeah, it's, a, it's another random Tuesday. We we were gonna podcast yesterday, but I was tired. Jack got a flat tire. Brady what? was at media day. Yeah, I had a nail in the tire. Yeah, dude, where Bummer. at? Where'd you pick it up? It was in Edmond, actually. Edmond, typical. Yeah. You'd think they would pick their stuff up. Yeah, clean those streets, yeah. man. Up in Pleasant. They have like someone with like a top hat who cleans up the nails <laughs> yeah. on the street or something like that. Top of the they morning, don't even. They don't even have the machine. They just have legitimate guys that are still street sweepers. Yeah, they can pay humans. Yeah, in suits. <laughs> Not down here and more. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But, yeah, I mean, we're just hanging out. Tuesday evening. Brady's fresh off of Thunder Media Day and practice and all that good stuff with that Russell Westbrook cussing at him with his eyes. I know. It was weird. It was weird to see, um, like, when you go up, when they let us out onto the practice floor um, for media availability, um, typically guys are, like positions are like at one goal other positions are at another goal typically russell and paul dennis schroeder those guys they would be on the far end right corner uh the furthest goal away from us steven adams and the bigs would be like really close to us mm-hmm. and then certain players like hamadou diallo or abdul nader they'd be like shooting by themselves and today like abdul nader was shooting with the rest of his teammates chris paul and shea gilgis alexander were shooting together with other guards mm. it, it looked more uniform and not um, we're the superstars over here. Yeah. You guys go work on whatever. We're gonna just put, you know, piss around. Just big but kids table. It, it, pretty much, it was the big kids table. But um, yeah, it's basketball season and football season, so I'm I'm busy. Yeah. I I just need to get drunk all the time <laughs> yeah. to handle your responsibilities. Hey, I mean, if if uh, Puka goes off for 300 yards oh, again, gosh, then I'm, oh, I'm we can talk about that in a little bit later. <laughs> we can have a we can have a Vietnam flashback to last year's game in Norman. Jack, do you handle your problems with alcohol and beer showers? Yeah, beers? shower beers. Yeah. yeah, we've discussed this. Yeah. Are you still an anti-shower beerite? I've just, I've just never done it. I mean, Why not? I think I did in college once, um, <laughs> um, but I, I was it's probably, just, I was probably drunk still at the time. So I don't know if that counts. I mean, obviously you're drinking a beer in the yeah, shower, but yeah. um, I, I wasn't really aware of what I was doing. If you're going to like kick off day drinking. It's just the pragmatic thing to do. You know what would be the worst thing True. is if you had a mimosa and drank that in the shower. And that would be and weird. And your drunk ass is like just swinging it around through the water and it gets like tap water mixed in. Oh, <laughs> Your tap water mimosa. That's a lot less cool. I don't do that it just to clarify. It takes time to make a mimosa just to take it in the shower. Like, well, this is this is good enough, I guess. Do an old-fashioned pinky extended, not let one drop of water hit it. Gosh. Not even the... Uh, um, What's it called? Evaporation. Is that what it's called? Condensation. Condensation. Yeah. I mean, Condensation. This ain't the science podcast. It's true. We gotta, sometimes get scientific. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like Sundance Sooner left us review, right? That's correct. Not Sundance Film Festival. Not the Sundance Film Festival. Okay. He's definitely Festival. not my friend Tyler Condry. But he says, <laughs> he left us a five-star review. Great. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. But he says, Jack's voice sounds like two angels making love. 
It's a good review. It's how would he know how two angels making love sounds like? Maybe he's DMT or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is this did this just turn into Joe Rogan's podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's yeah, not, not not sure about that. It's in the Bible somewhere. That's probably probably crossing a line, and probably gonna get some angry people just throwing it out there. I mean, Jesus never smiles in the Bible, does he? I don't know. Why are we talking about religion right now? He wept. He did weep, and so did we when we watched. He got mad defense. in the market. So did we when we watched stuff. the OU Kansas that. game last yeah, year. We did, we did. <laughs> but let's dive on into Texas Tech, and we have a lot of things to talk about. Texas Tech, Alex Grinch, you're making us all really happy and excited, and like really make languishing the past, and then talking about OU and Kansas, and some stuff right now. But OU wins, beat the Red Raiders in Norman, fifty-five to sixteen. No Adrian Ely. That's the first thing that people noticed. And, um, you know, there's there's stuff on that, but it's not official. I'm not going to talk about it until it's official because I don't want to cause any rumors or talk talk any rumors. But um, they move Bray Walker to right guard for a start. And then you have Tyrese Robinson starting at right tackle. You have told me five months ago that Robinson would be out at tackle while Bray Walker would be at guard. I would have called you crazy just from like a body standpoint. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. odd, but it worked to a degree. To a degree, and there's there, I watched I watched the game back, and uh, I saw Bray Walker just whiff on a block so bad that it was it was embarrassing. Like he full out extension laid out to block somebody and completely whiffed on it, and he was flat on his stomach. And then Tyrese Robinson, he was also he also pulled on that play, and he got just enough of the guy to create a crease for Trey Sermon to get like ten yards. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, not to uh, name drop, but Rufus Alexander, who does the Inside OU podcast with me, um, you guys can edit that out if you want to. But oh, yeah. we uh, wouldn't. <laughs> great people, um, great podcast. Reason why I bring him up is like he called this out because I didn't actually see this live or even on the replay when I watched kind of the the quickened version of the game. Um, but Rufus made the comment that you can tell, like you can just see him thinking while he's playing because he's so slow footed half the time. Mm-hmm. He's he, he doesn't necessarily understand, okay, I need to go here, I need to hit this guy, or I need to hit this guy and then go over here. Um, but he did say when he does know what he's going to, when he's, what he's supposed to do, when he's running maybe a, um, a few plays that he's completely and utterly comfortable with, maybe like basic offensive plays, um, he's big enough and talented enough that he can just get the guy that he's supposed to get out of the play. So he's yeah. talented enough. It's just with him, if he has to continue to play, he just needs to learn because you can't get away with that when you're playing – Texas and I, Texas Tech had some talent on defense, but I mean I don't know about you guys, and I know we'll get to Kansas later. But I mean Les Miles freaks me out. Yeah, he's a he's a coach that can sniff stuff like that out. He'll mm-hmm. he'll sniff that he's already seen that Swinson can't do shit on the left side. So chokes just, people. So just overload blitz. So things like that need to be cleaned up if OU wants to uh, get to the point where they want to be. But and, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's it's a, only four. I mean that's four what concerns me. In. That's what concerns me about the Texas game. But we're talking yeah. about Kansas, but the offensive line, still the woe still it still concerns me with how long is Adrian Ely out uh, with an unspecified injury. Um, he was in sweats, and everybody everybody knows like there's something going on. And then Bray Walker, the knock on him since high school was if he can't get his hands on you, you know, it's probably because he doesn't know the play as well, or he's he's just not quick footed. Yeah. But the moment he does get his hands on you, you're done. And now that was that was going back to his high school days at Southmore, and and then I, then I think he spent a senior at Westmore, but it was just like 
that was that was the thing on him. And so the offensive line, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being just like panic mode. How worried are you about the offensive line heading into not necessarily Kansas, but this next couple of weeks, knowing the Red River shootouts in two weeks? I mean, I'd probably put it at a six just because OU is still, I mean, I, I know who they've played. I know they're not that good, mm. but they're still um, scoring almost a point per play. They're one of the best rushing teams in the country. They're a pretty damn good passing team. Um, pass blocking hasn't necessarily been that big of a deal unless the team is bl- the opponent is blitzing. Um, I, I, you just watch these games and you, you like OU has, has success and they score or they get a big chunk play and it's all well and good. But then you see some mistakes here and there, and then you just apply that to man that that shit won't fly against Texas. Like they like OU's not gonna yeah. be able to turn that play into a twenty yard gain. That might get blown up before it even starts. And that's one of my fears. Yeah. Now, I mean, by you know OU has one more game left until Texas, and I, hopefully they're not looking past Kansas because Kansas already beat a team that probably looked past them in mm-hmm. Boston College, mm-hmm. um, beat the crap out of them. But um, if I mean, maybe it's just a matter of more game reps, but I don't even know if one more week can do that much good. So, right. um, really, it's just um, maybe OU is just so damn talented on the perimeter that it just won't matter because they're going to get their plays. They're going to get their points against Texas. But, um, it, I mean, for me, it's just at a six because it's not it's not even close to being where we thought it should have been, even though we all knew, yeah, they're replacing four out of five yeah. guys. Generally... You know, I'd say 6.5 or 7 or something like that. Just because, like you said, we expected growing pains. Maybe we expected them to be a little further along at this point. I'll, I'll be but, shocked. I mean, I mean, I have no idea what the health status of Adrian Neely is. But just judging by what Lincoln Riley described it as, is day-to-day, week-to-week. That, to me, just screams gainsmanship. <laughs> yeah. like, he's going to play against Texas. Kenneth, and, Murray was, uh, Kenneth Mann was day-to-day, week-to-week in the very beginning of the season. And he didn't come out to play until week four or five. Yeah. Uh, Bob Stoops' day-to-day, week-to-week was usually like two or three he, months. He did. So it was, it he was, was a little gone. different. Jermaine Gresham just had an, you know, he, a Samaj P. Ryan was out for like seven games. He's yeah. no longer with us. Gosh, yeah, for real. <laughs> and, but, you know, it's offensive line, and you you can tell that everybody except Creed Humphrey is going to get extra reps at the end of each game they play. I mean, that's what's been the case that's the past four games, that they take – Creed Humphrey out because he is your gem on the line. Don't get him hurt for the love of God. Everything else will fall into place, and it's kind of what they've been doing. Uh, Eric Swenson concerns me, dude. He he's just um, every. It seems like every time I focus on him, he fucks up. Yeah, like he, he um, whether it's him, like if someone's just speed rushing past him, he doesn't have the quickness to right. um, stabilize. He holds if reaches. A, if somebody gets like a really good like really good positioning on him. Uh, he's not strong enough. Rufus thinks that he has a, an upper body um, injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I've, the thoughts that it's a shoulder injury. Yeah. It's causing him issues. And sometimes it looks like that because he will like try and like jab at somebody and it does nothing. Yeah. And then he'll walk off to the sideline and grab his shoulder. I don't know how much of that is just show or um, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it's really disappointing because I think we were all excited about the whole like Lincoln Riley saying like, oh yeah, I guess he's not good enough for right. Michi- Michigan's offense, but he's good enough for us. And now it's starting to look like, was this the one thing Jim Harbaugh was cor- correct about right. in the last few years? <laughs> in light wonder. of all of that, I'm a little surprised we're not seeing more of R.J. Proctor, honestly. He holds. At that same spot. Yeah, it's hold, 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 hold penalty, hold penalties. It's it's interesting. It's it's just interesting to see like how the thing has not really come together yet, even though 
at the beginning of the season, we understood, yeah, it's Bill Beaton, but they'll come together at some point. And it makes you think now that OU's relying up in 12 personnel or 13 personnel with two to three tight ends, like, especially on that left side, you know, maybe they're doing it for not just gamesmanship and showing new cards. It's they need extra guys to chip in on a block. So it's concerning, but we'll see how, you know, this next week against Kansas, they should be able to run all over them, and then you'll get a Texas week. Um, talk about Jalen Hurts' progressions and his progression as a quarterback, but also his progressions in general during a play. This last this game against Tech, Texas Tech is, they're, they're shit on defense. They're bad. They're they're just same old, same old on defense. and But it looked like Jalen Hurts stood in the pocket way longer than he usually does. He didn't take off at a moment's notice as soon as CD wasn't open. And he sat in the pocket, especially when it got crowded, and he delivered some really nice long balls. Um, two, two CD Lamb. CD Lamb had a hell of a day. I think he's like seven catches. He ended with seven. Jaden Hazelwood, I think, had six or seven catches, too, and everybody else just kind of fell by the wayside. How and, do you uh, remember all this stuff? Uh, just rewatching the game i don't know like and it's seeing rambo like oh yeah but rambo had two ba- massive catches now barry trammell wasn't sure that one of those passes was being oh, thrown God, to Justin what a, the hell was that i love i love barry he's been so good to me and you know as i've started my career covering the thunder because he's there half the time but i don't know how i don't know how much longer he'll be at thunder games now because his boy's gone but yeah um i will say like when i heard that question I, th- I think at this point, we've seen enough Jalen Hurts, not just at OU, but even at Alabama. I mean, yes, was he held back to some degree by the offense? Yeah. Did he have his own limitations as a player? Of course. Um, I th- And then table that. I think it's really unfair for us to go Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and if you're not at that standard, right. at least in terms of your accuracy and your ball positioning – then you're trash. Like mm-hmm. no, he could he can be a step or two below them in terms of accuracy and still be, you know, an all conference a, a good enough quarterback to win you a national championship. Jalen has far exceeded any of that crap so far. And I, I feel like questions like that at this point are a little silly because mm-hmm. like he he's shown <laughs> to have the accuracy. He's shown to be able to understand where to put the ball how to score in this offense. Um, I think the entire thing about how in OU's first few games of he's not going through his reads. Why the hell would he if the first guy is open? Right. It makes no sense to me. Like, so some Twitter nerd can can see him like make an NFL throw, and I'm doing the air quotes. Yeah. Like that that's bullshit to me. Who cares? I don't care if CD Lamb's open, and that's the first guy he sees throwing the football. It, yeah. I'll let the NFL scouts worry about the progressions. I just worry about him moving the football. Scoring the scoring the football and then OU winning the game and he's been doing that at a high level and it looks like he can um, sustain that moving forward. And you can tell that he's made a clear uh, progression upward regarding his play and going into the Oklahoma offense, Lincoln Riley, from game one to now we're heading into Kansas. Well, you can tell that he's getting more comfortable in the offense. He's taking off far less. He's actually standing in the pocket, reading the defense, doing what you want a Lincoln Riley quarterback to do, which is really nice. Um, you know, I guess Lincoln Riley wasn't too pleased originally at the beginning of the season because Jalen wouldn't necessarily trust the play call and he would audible out of it and do something simpler maybe, um, which Lincoln Riley was like, no, we gotta, we gotta be better than that. And just like making the reads and Lincoln Riley said he was really happy about a couple of plays, uh, that Jalen did is that Jalen now has an, an understanding and feel for the offense. Just like, maybe not just like Holt Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to where, he just trusts the play, and although the throw wasn't there when he 
initially before he started to rear back and throw the ball, he had to trust his arm and trust the play to throw the ball, and by the time the ball got there, it was on the money. And then, of course, you have Barry Trammell, like you said, Jack, saying, uh, well, uh, do you mean to throw it to Charleston Rambo? And then, like, he's like, who caught it? And then he's like, Rambo? And then, so he's like, well, did, so did you mean to throw it to Rambo? He's like, give him the disappointed mom look like, come on, like, yes, 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 I did. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's progressing, looks good. Actually, See, I was trying to throw it to Grant Calcaterra. <laughs> gosh, on the sideline. I'd be such a terrible athlete. I would just give the most smart-ass answers. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fun, though. Especially to guys was, you don't like. Actually, I was trying to throw it to Heinz Ward. Gosh. I missed him. <laughs> Hurt should have given him a next question, for sure. Or just, I don't know. How do you say next question in, in Spanish? That's a good question. Don't know. That is a good question. That does not deserve a next question, but we'll we'll find that out on the next episode. On the, next, the next question guy's in Houston now, but apparently he's not doing any more next questions. No, because Barry's not there. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna say whatever he wants. It would literally it's be just shocking. be it would literally just be Barry, and then anybody who would try to basically ask the same question, like Royce Royce Young from ESPN did yeah. that once, and then Russell just hated him for the next week. That's wonderful. <laughs> Is he going to find a new Barry in Houston though? Of course he will. Yeah. Of course, it's Houston. Screwston. Yeah. H Town. Uh Houston's H. Houston's media is I mean uh, I mean, I'm in obviously I cover the Thunder, so I'm well aware of what the reputation of the mm-hmm. local media is like from the outside, I understand. Um but man, Houston's have y'all ever watched a Rockets basketball game with their like com like their commentators? I believe I've seen it like once or twice. Oh, oh my like, league pass or something. God, it is so like overtly and these guys are being paid by the organization right. like i get it but my god it's it's like so hard to watch but anyway yeah. let's more hard to watch than michael cage i didn't see him today i usually see him at practice and uh unless he walked in behind me when i wasn't looking he's was probably at the church league you know what that's good <laughs> he was probably at church league i'll never forget i think russ tried to do a finger roll layup on the on the at the rim and it just rolled off the rim and he said oh man he got a rim job and I was like, you can't say that on live TV, can he? Man, you love to see that. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But sticking back to tech, a guy who's having a hell of a year, guy from Canada. Don't segue from the rim job. The, the Canadian bulldozer, according to whoever from like Some guy the from the pay-per-view. Tulane pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah. Uh, having a hell of a year. Like, he looks like the best defensive lineman in the Big 12 right now. He looks like the guy that we were promised for two or three consecutive years. Oh, we literally wrote that article on. on our website every year yeah. since I've been at Crimson and Cream Machine. I was like, okay, let's fart out something about Neville Gallimore living up to his destiny or some shit. Every year he would fall short of that. And it wasn't always his fault. Sometimes it was injuries. Sometimes it was Mike Stoops putting him in a position not to succeed. Sometimes? Mm. <laughs> All the times. All, All the, times. the times. There we go. But <laughs> anyway, now it's all coming together, and it's fantastic. Also, because I'm one quarter Canadian, not a lot of people know that. Mm. So I am in. I'm firmly you, you in Neville Gallimore's corner. What quarter of you is Canadian? My grandma is from Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. They have, they have a hot we are related to famous Canadian explorer Simon Fraser, the Fraser River in uh, British Columbia. Oh. So, I used to love go. watching Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to go to Seattle. Daphne was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Daphne yeah, like, was yeah. hot. So was Roz. 
gosh. Lack of style. I haven't seen Frasier in a long time. What's wrong with you? I a lot of things, man. <laughs> I, I like the one where they accidentally <laughs> gave their dad an edible. Oh, man. That was a good one. I have lots of stories. That was edible humor before its time. Uh, poor lots guy, his Sonics left Seattle. Lots, lots <laughs> of stories. But, man, Neville Gallimore, his tracking of completely blowing up the center and the guard, blowing up the running back in the backfield, almost having Jet Duffy in his grasp, Jet Duffy just, like, scrambling and running for his life in the pocket, then breaking the plane of the uh, uh, line of scrimmage. And then all of a sudden, Neville Gallimore still running after this man, like a man possessed. And then, of course, this one comes behind him and just, like, Punches the ball loose and just obliterates him. That is the that's if that's not the most Noah Gallimore thing regarding Alex Grinch's defense, I don't know what else would be. That is that is the epitome of what this Alex Grinch defense is about, and I think that's really important to note. I mean, that's significant, and the fact that he's not playing seventy snaps a game now it's down to forty something. Like now you're able to see him when he's on the field, it's big. But now you notice like really pretty well. When he is off the field, that, okay, nobody's getting in the backfield too easily. I mean, can he keep up this level of play? Because the past couple seasons, we say he, he shows up early and says, man, that looks, looks pretty good. And then through the middle of the season, toward the end, you're like, where did Neville Gallimore go? By, the, by game 12, you're like, where did he go? So can he keep up the production? I mean, you have now you have Texas and other teams that are upper tier Big 12 teams left in the fold. I mean, I sure fucking hope so. Yeah, um, there's nothing to indicate that he wouldn't. The secondary's no. lives really depend on it. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, no, like that play. Obviously, everybody is just you know loved on it and deservingly so. We haven't seen that type of play from this defense in the last three to four years, maybe. Um, you know that play stands out to me. Um, I can't remember if it was Texas Tech or if it was UCLA. Um, it might have been UCLA where they had like a 12, 15 yard run. Um, and Q Overton of all people, probably mm-hmm. the slowest defensive lineman that I have ever seen. Like at least last year, I don't know if he's in, lost weight, increased his speed, but he ran this guy down. Like he, he just, he got blocked, turned around and chased after him. And the running back, once he got into the secondary, had to um, stutter step and he caught him. And it, you know, we've seen plays like that of just hustle and not giving up no matter what Delarian Turner yell mm-hmm. on that play that probably should have been a touchdown he chases him down, doesn't give up, and then ultimately OU forces a field goal inside the five-yard line. So it, it's it's so much of this, guys, has just been, in my opinion, just Grinch instilling confidence in this in this defense. And um, I, I think it gives a lot of credence to what fans over the last few years have been saying. Like, you no, know, these guys are still talented. Mm-hmm. Like Kenneth Murray is talented. Neville Gallimore is a talent. These guys might get drafted despite being on a terrible defense right. because they're athletically gifted, but um, no one has really put them in a position to showcase it. And I think Grinch is doing that. And he did his whole song and dance in the offseason about how, I mean, you guys are terrible. You know, I want to tattoo 119 on everybody, you know, for the um, defensive raking or whatever. Um, but now he's, you guys are good. Go out there and prove it. I'm going to do my, I'm going to do, do my, what I can to put you in a position to succeed and they're taking it and running with it. And then anytime they have success, it just builds positive momentum to where they're like, yeah, I'm not going to give up on this play. Whereas I might have last year because the offense is just going to go back out there and score. All those little, those little details matter so much because that one little tackle could lead to something potential down the road. Like what if Texas tech kept scoring Mm -hmm. 
and then OU won by you know a touchdown. I've had that feeling before. Yeah. So um, every little play counts, and I'm glad that somebody with a brain is coaching this defense and you know pounding that into their brains, despite them being two or three years into a bad system in the past. And I think I think you're right. I mean, I mean, when Alex Grinch took over. I kept on looking at the defense and like looking at the recruits and looking at it on paper and like, okay, come on. This is like three star, four star, you know, at some essence, five star talent on defense. Oklahoma and the scheme that Alex Grinch is using really isn't that different than what Mike Stoops is doing the past couple of years with, with personality wise. Yeah. So you're like looking at it like he has the really the same personnel, maybe lack of depth, like he said in the safeties that pisses him off. But I mean, obviously, Trajan Bridges got in and played safety. Like, actually got in the first game. It's like, okay, that's kind of an issue. That's, that's, that's terrifying. He but, was a danger to everybody around him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like he has the guys. On paper, he definitely has the front seven. Uh, let's see what happens with the rest of it. And then they roll out what they have. And then, clearly, there's been a upward tra- uh, projection for the defense to where the point where Oklahoma's defense is in the top 50 in S&P+. Plus, and uh, the real question here is, you know, is it real? Kenneth Murray says it's real. Kenneth Murray says this is the style of ball they're playing now. Uh, they're not going back to what they used to have under Mike. Of course, he's not going to name drop Mike. But he's saying that's what they are. Um, and But is it real? Because let's be honest, South Dakota, Houston, UCLA, with the exception of the Wazoo performance that they had, and now against Texas Tech without Alan Bowman, those are not good teams. So, like, we were expecting the Texas Tech game to be a, a good, you know, test measuring stick where we at against spread teams and RPOs. And now you have to wait till your first actual test, which is Texas, uh, next week. So, is the defense real or are they frauds? I'd say to a degree they're real. They're somewhere in between that, I would say. But, I mean... They're second nationally in third down defense, yep. which is insane. And Parno Motley is C- the leading quarterback. Considering where you were a year ago, How much even against there? bad teams. I mean, they were giving up third and 10-plus like regularly last year. They've mm. not given up anything. from. I think it's 16 opportunities this year, third and 11 or longer. Defenses are 0 for 16 yeah. in those this year. Yeah, I mean, or off opposing offense. I, mean. I think uh, Hoover told me on the last podcast. Um, I think oppo- OU opponents converted forty six percent of their third downs last year uh, at, on just unacceptable. Fucking at shell yeah, shock, that is man. Just terrible. It's cowardice. Um, this year they're giving up nineteen yeah. percent of their third down um, third downs to opponents, which is that's not even that's way better. That's better than most. Yeah. You know, it's it's truly <laughs> better than most. Oh, I meant to I meant to put put the Bob, Bob Stoops book on the oh, table that's before. Not on here? No, I, I, for, I forgot to put the Bob Stoops book on the table before. No, you just you just oh, need wait, like Jack's a, got in his bag. You just need like a picture of Bob just I'm looking in on. Clutch here. But no. better than most, no excuses. <laughs> we gotta get the sound of it. Bam! There, there, we, there go. we go. There we go. Oh, paperback in all of its glory, right there. Yeah, hold on. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'm so, gonna find something. I will say, I really love. The fact that situationally, Alex Grinch is having Kenneth Murray out on the edge rushing the passer oh a little God. bit more this year. It's so fucking sexy. It makes me angry because we've all talked about, man. The sexiest defensive decision I've seen in years at Kenneth, Oklahoma. Kenneth Murray as a will linebacker, as a guy that only concentrates on one side of the field and then gets after the quarterback. Whew. That'd be a really good Kenneth Murray. And we've been saying this for the past two years. And then 
now they've been doing it quite frequently and it's like oh my god there's nobody that can contain this man he is he has the physique of a greek god he is it's a five-star athlete yeah I oh, say, even though he was only a three-star recruit 100 percent. and he's like he is he a five-star in life f- uh, he's <laughs> oh what did, what did butch jones Ch- call it five, champ- five stars champions of life. of life champions of life five-star hearts you know and bob stoops <laughs> talked about how he liked to recruit smaller DBs because they reminded them of him. So then everybody th- thought back Holy to shit. Dakota Austin, who ran slower than all the linebackers. And ran at the wrong player one time. Oh, man. <laughs> Those are the dark days. But, yeah, I don't know if the defense is real. And I think you guys are right in saying the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's, it's fair to say something in the middle, but Brady has found something for us that he's going to le- read live on air. So I'm excited. Yeah, so, um, I mean, this has absolutely nothing to do with what yeah, we were talking that's about. Okay. So uh, just table what Kay was saying. So apologies, everybody. But here, this is from Bob Stoops' book that Jack slammed onto the table. Um, and I'm going to provide no context to this other than this is right when Bob got hired by OU. I also called Coach Holtz, Lou Holtz, uh, for advice. After all, he had a long history of rebuilding programs. Bobby, he said, there are three ways to get a team better. Recruit, develop, and eliminate. You recruit the best talent, develop the best that, that you got there, and eliminate. Eliminate, I asked? Yeah. There are people pulling you down, not doing what needs to be done, Coach Holtz said. You eliminate those. You tell them, don't be one of those guys that needs to be eliminated. Old boy didn't take Lou Holtz's advice. And uh, so, let's see. One, two, bye-bye math. Oh, you squandered two national title opportunities, thus. Thanks, Bob. Eliminate the the growth on your face. That is also your brother. It's like Voldemort in the first Harry Potter movie. Oh, where yeah, it's on the, the back of his head. Yeah. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it off. Come Just on, Bob. Let's thing. go to Pebble Beach. Yeah, for real. God. Oh man, that's too good. But it's just like because we talked about this before we even got on. We're like talking about Bob Stoops, and um, it's just like he, he talked about the Florida job. He you know talks about his entire life, talking about proposing to Carol, which Bob Stoops. And if you haven't read the book yet, I'm ruining this for you. Bob Stoops basically proposing to his wife over burgers and saying, so you want to get married? Which is the most Bob Stoops thing ever. So uh, you want to get uh, married? Yeah, pretty much, right? And uh, and then besides that, talking about how, how he had won a national title with Spurrier while at Florida, and then he was like, man, I felt sad because I now I just reached the mountaintop and like the chase was over. And I was like, imagine that, winning a national title already and the chase was over. So then you look at the 2000 season, had he had success early. So like we we play games of would it have better if he had lost that national title against Florida State in one two thousand and three? Or no. wouldn't it would it have mattered because it's Bob Stoops? It's just interchangeable. I mean they would have been better than most from two thousand three on. So it's yeah, same they, as if, it was from two thousand on. If they just have like a regular like nine and three, ten and two season in two thousand, they just win it in two thousand three, probably. Yeah. That's fair to say. But I mean, talking about getting back to tech they, Alan Bowman is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's accurate. Yeah. He's very good in that system. He throws darts, and that's what they want in that system. They are garbage water without him. And Tyner is one of the least accurate passers uh, I have that, ever seen. That throw he, he has, has like, a nice like zip on his throws, but he is just he can't hit the broad side of a ball. When he was moving out of the pocket and he tried to throw, not necessarily not across his body, but he tried to just shot put the ball. Yeah. And it went completely the opposite direction of where the receiver was running. I'm like, that's something you see on the playground. Yeah. Not 
I mean, oh, you, oh, you wouldn't see that from South Dakota's quarterback. South yeah. Dakota's quarterback was better than this guy. Yeah. That dude could sling the ball. This guy, I don't know what he was doing here. And I was listening to the podcast that you he, and I mean, did. he got yeah. beat out for the job at Rice. I mean, he, he's soundly like 40%. the power of Rice compels you. Yeah. Just <laughs> I listened to the podcast that you Brady and Hoove did that, and Hoove just straight up said he thinks that Jackson Tyner kid's the worst quarterback that he's ever seen. Playing college football. I wonder if I, w- I would contend that the Hebert kid from Kansas State was the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Did he like run for two hundred and yeah. pass for a two hundred against that was, Mike Stoops? That was Delton. That Delton. Did that. Delton's still at Hebert TCU. was the other guy who was on the roster who could not physically throw a forward pass. Yeah. Is Delton at TCU now? Yes, he is. Is he the is he their starter? No, they've got a not freshman anymore. going. Yep. Dugan guy. Yeah. Who's mm. it? Max Duke, Duggan, D- Duggan. Duggan. I don't know, dude. It Dude, doesn't matter. It's a teach, TCU quarterback. Teach me how to Duggan. He he was outdueled by Shane <laughs> Bouchelle is all I know. So, but the thing that concerns me is that although Texas Tech's offense sucks, that Allen Bowman, I mean, they went three and out several times. Jed Duffy comes in. They they sucked for a few drives, and then when they did run an RPO, they had guys in the middle of the field just kind of open, and then they had they had a couple things you know to the boundaries that they got OU on a couple of times, and maybe that's get a it's gap integrity. B that's just getting off blocks, B or C, not getting held. Um, but when they did an RPO over the middle of the field, they had they hit guys for like eight yards, twelve yards, and then we only had like hundred yards passing. But that's what those were. That's where those came from. They came from the RPOs, and it, that concerns me a lot heading into Texas because heading into Texas next week because that's what they're going to do. And Kansas, since their offense doesn't really have a pulse, but they have less miles there, and they have Puka Williams. And a capable quarterback. He's not a good quarterback, but he's a capable quarterback. They're gonna RPO all day, so I'm I'm concerned about that in general because you haven't seen really many teams doing our UCLA. Not much RPO during that game, but uh, they uh, had that stuff to the tight end, and they caught OU just sleeping a couple times. Okay, they caught Patrick Field sleeping a couple times on that. It's it's concerning to me. But I think, you know, we'll just take it as it goes. What's also concerning is Calcaterra, we didn't really hear his name called, and that's fine because they have so many weapons on offense, wide receiver, tight end, whatever. Austin Stogner got in the game and almost had a touchdown, which is fun. Um, Jalen Redmond, not really involved at all. Uh, Didn't really hear his name called. Like Jalen Method Man, not Jalen Redman. But it was... Man. I don't know what that means. He's saying a lot of things here, but I mean, it's just like how high was a good movie. Yeah, that was. Yeah. A, yeah, I, I remember when that came out. Is that the one where the dude like pours Kool Aid on the chick's stomach? Is is so. that how high? I think it's how and high. He, I think and so. He, and he licks it off. Yeah, man. That that was a gosh. That movie was a long time ago. It was like ninety six, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, that was like early two thousands. Oh, okay. It was like two thousand, two thousand one, probably. Hey Siri. <laughs> How high? But it's I mean, like wasn't wasn't they go to college? Here are matches for- oh, two thousand one. Ah, yeah, there you go. Good job. And but, oh wow, man. how high two came out? And okay, how high two? Like there was a how high two. What year did it come out? Two thousand nine. I don't know. Twenty eighteen. I was about to say what? I was like, <laughs> is it was it last year or something? Yeah. It's like an Anchorman two. Situation. I feel like Gosh. this was like on Twitter or something like that. I'm guessing it was like straight to streaming or something like Probably. that. Probably <laughs> straight to like straight to Prime vinyl. Video. Yeah. <laughs> straight to Laserdisc. Yeah. But uh, 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Jalen Redmond. And Alex Grinch talked about this in the presser. He was like, yeah. It's you know, he, and Alex Grinch talked about they have they forget a lot of times that this guy is new to football relatively, and that he 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 can make all the plays in the world that he wants to, but he just isn't there yet. Being and uh, getting fully healthy for the first time, you know, it's just it's just where there are. But he knows what kind of capabilities he has. But let's just talk about Trajan Bridges. He played. He played safety, which just kind of blows up Lincoln Riley's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't moved officially to safety. And then, like, Alex Grinch says, oh, yeah, he's moved to safety. And he gets on the field and immediately commits, like, three 15-yard penalties, like a face mask and late hits and whatever. He tried to, like, kill a guy with a trident out there. He decapitated a guy by, like, holding him. (laughs) Yeah, like, he drugged the helmet, like, almost all the way around. Alex was probably like, I love the aggression. Please stop cheating. (laughs) I mean, it's just Trajan Bridges played. I, I I don't know. I mean, it I, was in. They were inconsequential snaps, so you might as well let him get that shit out of his system at that point. So I mean, I mean, God, I don't know. Do you, it's I probably going to take more games for him to get that you, out of his. You guys system, don't though. expect any huge impact. From not him this year. No, right? no, not at all. Or even moving forward, I I don't yeah. like OU. Like Cordell probably needs a year. Right. Um, Rufus told me that too. He was yep. like, he he needs he needs to put on muscle, put and get faster basically mm-hmm. so he needs a year um what else um woody washington probably in the same mm-hmm. now the scary thing about that is, is okay you're just going to go into the um year next year in 2020 with two new starters at safety yeah don't like that yeah but i mean if they're if they're upgrades to dty and patrick fields who you know they they're definitely the biggest weakness on the defense but they have their moments they have their moments of mm-hmm. being dependable and solid but like you said um the RPOs where the guys are just running open. I, I, man. I watched that. I'm like, Ellinger is going to, f- he, he's going to hold it and then throw and it's yeah. wide open. And then it's gone. It's going to be some slow freaking white tight end yep. slowly running into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's concerning to me. Cause that's an Alex. That's Alex. Grinch. That's what Tom Herman likes to do. Dink and dunk RPO all day long. And I'm just, I'm just worried about it. And Trajan bridges, I love the fire he came out with. Like the play was over, like the refs have already whistled, and he's still coming from the backfield, defensive backfield, and just like piling, like just spearing into the pile, even though the play's already over. So he's just trying to be aggressive as possible. And Kennedy Brooks got hit. Uh, speaking of illegal plays, oh, so pissed, very dirtily. Like, and the guy, I, I, it's been. I, I can't think of another situation in which a player has apologized for it. And Matt like Wells that. apologized. Y- y'all too. know why, right? Matt, did you did you guys see Matt? Well, were you guys at the game? I wasn't at the game. I voluntarily missed an OU football game for the first time since the Tulsa game in two thousand five mm-hmm. this weekend. So I was not there. No, I was there. I just kind of focused on the player. Matt Wells lit into his ass did after he? that play. Like, you know, well, good for Matt Wells. So I'm assuming that's probably why he apologized for it. But you know, like it, it made me have it made me think. You know, if we're gonna review like targeting rules and and at the same time, football um, football rules are like really cautious about protecting players' knees. If shit like that happens, you need to apply the same reviewing the targeting yeah. rules to if someone gets hit like on a chop block. It's like. Um, there's one thing to chop block accidentally and tech there, chop blocked like three or four times that game. Yeah. Um, like you can still, you can do it without trying to harm somebody. Right. Like you, sometimes you just kind of get, you just right. block it's into incidental. It. It's just like targeting. Sometimes it, you're not doing it on purpose, 
but that guy and you could just tell he you could tell by the way he came in yeah. and the way that he lowered his head he was going right for the starting running back at OU's knees and that shit will not will not fly and Grinch even Grinch talked about how I don't like that the defense kept getting penalties after that but I'm sorry I loved it Dude, I loved it it but, reminded me of it reminded me of the the longest yard on the first play when all the convicts go out and just beat the shit out of all the guards and get all those penalties. <laughs> like, the defense was running rampant, getting, like, three plays on def- defensive penalties in a row just by being overly aggressive, grabbing face masks. Bookie. Doing dumb shit out of bounds. Uh, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I mean, Grinch was like, well, we shouldn't have to wait for a play like that to get us fired up. But, uh, I, I, like, stuff like that, like, the game is over. Stuff like that sets a tone for, like, the long, the yeah. long haul. Um, like that will not fly. Like this is our team. That's our teammate. That's our brother. Uh, you don't do that to us on our field. Nope. Or, or on any field. So that to me is more important for the long haul than, than it is in the short term where it actually hurt OU. But, um, tech didn't even score on that drive. I don't think they didn't even kick field goal. So yeah, true. And so let's talk about, let's talk about Alex Grinch. His presser was great. Wonderful presser. It's probably my favorite, most favorite presser from an Oklahoma coaching a long time because Riley you're getting more coach speak the more he gets in the program and um Alex Grinch though I mean he had some really good quotes talking about if you know the defense is solely based on effort and if they're not given the 100 percent effort at the University of Oklahoma that he's a con man and the, the, the defense is a fraud how they have to eliminate this you know uh this, fro- this phrase my bad from their vocabulary and get it out of their soul because you know it's basically gonna it, it it says you know oh I'm supposed to be there and I missed it my bad and he's like that's not okay you you can't not miss that you have to you know you have to go make the play and then talking about my favorite quote by the way was it's not okay to get blocked <laughs> and it's like wow it's a defensive coach saying it's not okay to get blocked also stop saying my bad and then calling this saying if we're not being full of effort we're frauds. And I just, I think I watched that presser like twice, just back to back, just because like first time I was like, oh my God, this guy is saying things we have not heard a defensive coordinator say um, in this, in the past 20 years at Oklahoma. And that's, that's just, just really nice. And then I watched it the second time in a row because I was just enjoyed it so much. I wanted to watch it twice. He was quoted also as saying that he wants Oklahoma to get 10 tackles for loss per game and three to four sacks per game. They're capable. That's they why are. it's like. It's just, I mean, Houston's offensive line is just trash. But if you have to triple team Jalen Redmond and he's still getting through it and getting to the quarterback, why couldn't you get 10 tackles for a loss? You have Neville Gallimore killing the the pocket, Jalen Redmond, Ronnie Perkins, Laurent Stokes, and now you have Kenneth Van back. You have so much depth right now in the defensive line. Why couldn't you get 10 tackles for loss? Occasionally sending Murray on blitzes, too, like we talked about, so which nice. obviously causes a lot of disruption. Very, very cool. cool. Very and, cool. And I know I know Brady feels some type of way about the Alex Grinch presser. I'm sure you enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed it more than most humans probably should enjoy a football coach talking about his defense. But the reason is why. The reason is why, though. Well, it's because we all know what we've had to sit and watch and... It's we know, didn't we, we didn't watch that it just happened to it that's one uh, of those things that happened to you yeah and it, we squandered oh we as in oh University of Oklahoma and their football team had to squander talented quarterback after talented quarterback two be, most prol- prolific quarterbacks because in the somebody of college football because somebody didn't listen to Lou Holtz um, so 
like what Grinch said, you know, that's exactly the mentality that you need to have. Yeah. That, that should be the base. Um, it's also, it, it's kind of a little depressing that we're so excited about it at this point. Um, but that's the reality of the situation. But I think I tweeted it out last night. Like I tweeted out the line that he said and it was like, Alex Grinch is basically the ship that is like, <laughs> that saved uh, Tom Cruise or Tom, Tom Hanks. I don't know. Tom, if Tom Cruise on that island. Tom, Tom Cruise has a spaceship. He doesn't need a ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, for in Castaway. So that's exactly how I felt. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool to see a, a DC that gives gives a crap. And like we knew, Oklahoma's defense would maybe improve marginally, uh, especially on paper with that defensive front seven, but not to the point where we're just like, hey, we feel pretty good about the defense making a couple plays here. And then him to talk about Kenneth Murray saying. We can, he we knew this. Kenneth Murray's the alpha on defense. He is the alpha male. He's the guy that's gonna be doing all the stuff. He's the leader on defense, saying things we already knew, but saying he puts us in a really big time for success. And where our main gripe over the past couple of years is, this dude has no idea where the hell he's supposed to be. And now, like he really feels confident in what he's doing most plays. And what we talked about earlier is that, you know, I think somebody sooner Gridiron tweeted it out was just Alex Grinch made a check on the sideline. And almost in unison, the entire defense, you can see their arms go up and their heads go, look down and look at their play sheet on their wristband and make the correct check and then go back into their formation. So they, they all know what they're doing from the front to the back of the defense. And so the question I have is they just... They look like the robots on It's a Small World oh yeah, ride at Disneyland. It's great. and It was kind of creepy, but it was neat. The question I have is, so Grinch and Mike, how much is it that the players are buying into Grinch as opposed to Mike losing the locker room, that the, the differences between this defense and what we saw the last few years, or how much is it that Grinch's staff is better coaching over than Mike's staff? I mean, there's something there, and there's, it's not completely one or the other. It's somewhere in the middle, or it just could be one completely over. But, I mean, when you have Kenneth Murray saying, Brian Odom is the best linebacker coach in the in, in the United States. You're like, okay, he's clearly learning something. How does Kenneth know that? Has he yeah. played under every single coach? So he's only had only had one other linebackers coach. So you're like, okay, it's oh, a low bar. Good old Kish. <laughs> and so you're like, you're just left with this. Like, is Alex Grinch just really, really motivating them, or is there just a sense of urgency and a culture that Alex Grinch has put on the defense that you don't have Mike's. You he's know, he's hold- corpse looming over the. He's holding defense. them to a standard. Like this is the standard. Th- this type of play, um, these types of numbers, um, holding opponents to this type of scoring. Yep. Th- there's a standard. If you're not going to be able to do your part, then um, Kenneth, then Brian Mead's ass will be out there so quick. I don't care. I don't care that you're better than him. But if you don't play to a standard, yeah, um, then you're just not going to play. And it's just that understanding. It's not a fear or a threat. It's just an understanding of. Um, if you're going to play at the University of Oklahoma, you've got to play like you've got to play like Brian Bosworth. You've got to play like Teddy Lehman. You've got to play like Tommy Harris. Now, are you as good as them? You know that. I mean, no, but you can still give the effort, and that's all that really matters. Because, like that stat I brought up earlier about the third down conversions from last year, how much better would OU's defense had been if that 46 percent conversion rate was down to 36? It's a lot better. You know, they probably win. Um, they probably win the Texas game because yeah. everybody remembers the um, everybody remembers the third and twenty seven that was converted on a five yard. I don't know, like it was just a five yard give up route 
and then he got carried 19 yards, and then it was fourth and one. Of course, Texas is going to go for it, and Ellinger ran up the middle, first down. Yeah. Um, it, it just it goes to show you OU's defense was almost there last year, even, and, and that's silly to say, but that that's the difference. It's just the third down, the third down conversion rate, and where does that come from? It comes from Grinch holding his guys to a standard and making, and then at the same time instilling confidence in them that they can, you're not just here to make sure you're not just here to give the offense a time, like enough time to breathe. Mm -hmm. You can also make a positive impact on the game. You can also influence the game. And Neville Gallimore has done that. Kenneth Murray's done that. Trey Brown has done that. Um, And so that confidence allows your guys to make plays in the system. And that's what we've seen over these last few weeks. A lot of it also comes down to you know preparation and yeah. uh, situational awareness, like you were talking about with that tweet from Sooner Gridiron, with the guys looking at their thing, looking over at the coach, and being essentially set. We last all know the year, call from front to back. Exactly. Yeah. Last year, you would see guys flailing their arms up in the air, looking like, "What the hell am I supposed to do?" That alone should have been an indication that coaching was an issue last year. That alone. So. I mean, the optics obviously are much better, you know, for people like us on our end. We can tell that things are clearly going a little bit better. But, I mean, preparation appears to be not as much of an issue this year. It just seems but like they're actually, you it's know, not like uh, It's not like last year towards the end of the year where Ruffin McNeil was having to throw out fights and stuff like that when they... Uh, Fido. Yeah. <laughs> um, got to drive on. <clears throat> last year was a whole bunch of preparation age. You're on a roll. God. It's been a long day, dude. H. Get ready to take it, bro. Okay. Well. Bite the pillow. It's going in dry. Yeah, dude, for real. It's, it's bad, though. Here like, comes Puka. You, you knew. You knew. So, talking about Puka, we're going to talk about the KU preview. Talking less miles and just stuff going on right now, right after the break. All right, guys. So, OU versus Kansas. Again, in Lawrence. It's the second time I've been on here, and you're like, after the break, and I'm like, good, we can breathe. And then you hit a button, and then you just start talking again. That's it. <laughs> By the it's, way, who won the bet? Welcome to my life. I, for, I, I forgot. Oh, that. no, he won the bet. I won the bet. Now, did you get your, uh, was it Cattleman's? It is Cattleman's. I didn't, I didn't get it. It's still redeemable. It's still redeemable. We just have to set a time. Yeah. So, Whenever yeah. you need to do it. Oh, man. It's, I deserve what I, what I deserve. I'll film of it. Of course, yeah. I'll film everything. Even. Well, now you're trying to squirrel your way into a dinner now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I see you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... I'll, Cattleman Steakhouse. I'll finish what you guys don't hey, eat. Maybe we'll see. Oh, me. there we go. I was a waiter Steven for... Adams there. He's he's a big meat eater and uh, Chris Paul. And uh, I wonder not. if he's ever been to Cattleman's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't. I'll yeah, ask him tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, 11 a.m. kickoff. Second of three straight. In Lawrence, mind 11 you. 11 so. a.m. in Lawrence. Man. Probably going to be a lot of OU people That's a there. snake pit right there. It's on ABC, <laughs> though, not, not ESPN+, Plus, which I thought might happen. Uh, Oklahoma, a five-touchdown favorite, open up as 35. And I actually saw early, early lines for OU Texas. I know we're, this is a week in, uh, two weeks out, but OU 7.5, which I think is interesting. But first things first, Brady, you mentioned this, less miles is less miles. At the same time, Kansas is still Kansas. They, they're not that good. The only thing that gets good about them is Buka Williams. And I'll just never forget, at media days, we were so excited to have Le- see Les, you know, eat that blad- uh, blad- blade of grass as he got on stage and did none of that and awkwardly opened his diary and read uh, that, that 
statement about Puka Williams going on um, about like some issues with some offseason stuff. And he's like, all right, who's time for it's time for some questions now. And then it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen, Les Miles, because you're expecting the Mad Hatter. Well, that is pretty mad, though. And then what you just described was, was a sequence of madness. We saw a sad hatter. We, <laughs> we, we did not see the Mad Hatter for what we've been seeing from Les Miles. And like the OSU people were very excited to see him. Like, oh, man, it's Les because he's a good character. And all of a sudden you get this real sad guy. I mean, it's like it's like he's the head coach of Kansas. Or it something. almost like softened Sam Mays' heart, it seemed like. Oh, Can gosh. you attest to that, Brady? Yeah, I used to think Sam didn't, wasn't a big fan of Les. And well, I think, he wasn't. Uh, he was on yeah. record as not being a big yeah, fan. Yeah, and but. now all of a sudden he's like cheering for him with yep. pom-poms, pom-poms, pongs, pong. And then he said Kansas has more talent right then than OSU did, and Sam Mays near had a heart attack in the back of the room. Yeah, that was true. Times. But yeah. Kansas is coming off a 51-14 loss, guys, against awesome. TCU. Oh, where guy, man. They're... T- TCU's garbage on offense. They're terrible. TCU? They're, they're, yeah, they're so bad. They And they hung 51 on Kansas. And the real thing is, is I have no idea what to expect from this Kansas team this Saturday because you look at the schedule. They beat Indiana State 24-17. to I mean, it's Indiana State. They lost to Coastal Carolina, which is awful. They just beat the shit out of Boston College 48-24. They lose to West Virginia narrowly, who... Not sure of how bad they are. We know they're bad, but not sure how bad they are. And then they just get skunked by TCU. So, I mean, what is there to say about Kansas other than Puka Williams? Really, what is there to say about Kansas other than Puka Williams? Well, they're actually li- missing their leading rusher, the Herbert guy. Yeah. Who, I mean, he's obviously not as good as Puka Williams. He's probably the leading rusher just because Puka missed the first game with a suspension. But that probably plays a role in that, but... I don't know. I haven't paid too much attention to Kansas football, to be perfectly frank with you. But, but. And that's, that's the thing. Nobody is because it's Kansas. Yeah, They have a, a Juco wide receiver, uh, uh, Parchment. He's pretty good, actually, because I've been watching that, uh, what's it called, the Les Miles docu-series or whatever that's on ESPN+. Plus. Have you guys seen that at all? It's kind of good. Mm-mm. It's like a... Hard knock style without the with less. Yeah, it, it's it's no, not. Is it, is it? Oh, I think I've seen one episode. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was him no, eating see, cereal. Did y'all see the Big Twelve newcomer of the week video they did? No, I didn't. Yeah, that receiver was like yeah, he goes into an office. Yeah. yeah, he goes into an office and like talks to a lady behind the desk and is like, um, "Yeah, I'd like to try and be the Big Twelve newcomer of the week." And she's like, "Okay, yeah, that's cool." But uh, it, Jalen hurts, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot he was in the Big Twelve. <laughs> 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 Never mind." Yeah, that'd be good. But like, he has been a bright spot for them, though. He's been a nice player. But I think what you're looking for, though, is like what to be concerned about with Kansas is just the less miles factor. Yeah, like he's he's a good enough coach that he'll understand how to scheme to beat OU. And what concerns me about this is, um, it's, it's basically like they're OU went through like a, a point, like they went two or three years in a row where they played TCU the week before Texas, mm-hmm. which pissed me off because it's like you're you're. You have to play probably the best defensive coach in the conference yeah. who will understand how to beat you and basically put the blueprint out there. And then Texas gets to reap the benefit the following week. Um, it, kind of that same factor this this or this or year. Uh, Les Miles, um, everybody knows how good of a coach that he can be um, schematically. Um, he's going to understand what to do against OU, especially their offensive line. And then, and then he's going to get his guys motivated. Mm-hmm. So if there is ever any like just – 
somebody on OU is not 100% focused, it might show. Yeah. And that could be enough Rat to... poison. Yeah, that could be enough to break this game into, like, maybe it's not over after the first quarter. Maybe it's not even over after the second quarter. Maybe this is a game where OU has to play into the third quarter, and that, that'd be terrible. I mean, let alone you don't want them to lose, but if they, if they have to trot Jalen Hurts out there third quarter midway and have the desire, like, have the need to score... Yeah then uh-uh so like, they need to be like relaxing and getting ready for texas at halftime let's let's talk about last year's kansas game oh oklahoma heads into the fourth quarter winning 35 17 which is you know if they score again the game is fully just put away and then the score ends up being 55 to 40 55 to 40 kansas scored you know what was that 23 points in the fourth quarter and they had to keep Kyler Murray in. They had to keep scoring because, I mean, Oklahoma's defense just kind of gave up. They're like waiting for Kansas to die. Puka Williams just kept on running the ball. And it's just, it's unnerving to me. So, like, that's one of the things that I th- I'm looking forward to this game is that Puka Williams, I voted, for, I think I voted for him on one of my big, all Big 12 ballots as far as being a really great runner. But I think I voted him second team, actually. And a hit, second or third team, whatever it was, I, him. Who uh, Chuba, and then of course I put you know Trey, and I mean Puka Williams is real good, and they have a bunch of good athletes, but you know I think Les Miles, if if there's anybody that can look at that Oklahoma defense and you know and see some tendencies, especially a guy that says, hey look, any team that's run an RPO against them has had relative success, we're just gonna do that all day, and then when when we're not gonna actually throw it over the middle, we're just gonna have gonna give it to Puka. And so that could create issues for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma superior athletes, I don't think there's going to be anything to worry about. But just seeing that score, 55 to 40, is like shell-shocking to me to where I'm like getting flashbacks of last year. And it's just like, I I, it's, I hate it. It's the worst feeling in the world because, like you said, Jalen Hurts should be done by midway through the third quarter. He should be done. And that hasn't been the case. The one positive that came from last year was that that was Oklahoma's 10th win. And the next morning, we got to all yell at the guy for the dog shit bet. Mm-hmm. That was a fun morning. And he was like, I'm just joking, guys. It was a joke. I'm not going to eat dog shit alive on See, camera. See, now he's under like a new handle. It's the same guy. Cut- and now oh, he's just yeah. some sort of like uh, predictions troll. There are so many of those that yeah. just uh, make these absurd like lists and stuff like that and get people all pissed off. He's one of those people now. But he, everybody knows who it's still him. It's like, what do you need? The dog poop is like, it's not me, bro. Like you, you said it was you a long time ago. It's like college or two for tour, two for seven college football or college football quotes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's CFB it quotes. I think is what it is. It's garbage. Twitter is real life, guys. It, it means so much. It's important subscribe when somebody says... My, subscribe to my YouTube yeah. channel. <laughs> yeah, God. Me, 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 me. That's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> going to create a YouTube channel and talk about things. I'm not... I'm just going to... I'm just going to leave that one on the table. But how do you expect this thing this thing to play out? I mean, it's in Lawrence. It's an early kickoff. Do you think at all Oklahoma starts out slow, or do you think they just lean on them with the run game and just take care of business? Um... Neither of these last two games against Kansas have been that, they've gone that swimmingly. The game, you know, even two years ago up in Lawrence, they kind of sleptwalked through the whole thing. Yeah. It seemed like. And then Baker Mayfield grabbed his dick and 
Greg McElroy nearly had a stroke, and <laughs> I enjoyed when the uh, I enjoyed, they need to. It's no, it's the I, same crew for this game, by the way. I thought you were going nice. to say that I enjoyed when Baker Mayfield grabbed his dick because I, I certainly did. I, I it was I great. It was, I thought it was, it was funny. funny. Yeah, they blurred. It I out. wanted us to make a <laughs> they shirt with breaking tea, and they would. They blurred out his groin region on ESPN when he grabbed. It. And I was like, nobody. What if they What if they show a Michael Jackson clip? Yeah, what, are they gonna blur that crap out? But no. I'll no, the for, people want to see it. I'll never forget when the the Holy Trinity hooked up for a touchdown in the end zone with Trevor Knight throwing the ball to Connor Knight, and Jesus was somewhere there. <laughs> oh, he's everywhere. He he was he was somewhere <laughs> in that pass because the pass made it to Connor, and they he scored a touchdown, and they were in their all white Rough Rider unis, and so just pure as doves flying in the sky apparently it's like that's, two that's, angels making love yeah, two angels making love there you go. <laughs> that's probably what it was like this game by the way <laughs> it, like i said dave pash greg mcelroy greg mcelroy get him out of here this is the perfect game greg mcelroy looks like a square oh god well he went to south lake carroll so of course no, he's he, a square. he just he just looks like, like a red a, thumb he just looks like a square man like he looks like somebody from leave it to beaver <laughs> he does he does and he he looks like a- I mean, good for him. He he has a good job, and he probably enjoys what he does. I mean, more power to him. But the guy looks like a square. I'm sorry. Like, please, like, leave me with your your moral opinions about the the actions of football players. And he talks about defense. Like he's like, well, Oklahoma's defense still sucks, and they're not going to talk at all about how Alabama's give up 30 something to Ole Miss. But hey. But anyway, get him out of the booth. This is the perfect opportunity for a crossover game with commentary. Bring in. Bill Walton to oh, call it. Yes, this I'm is that's bad. what this game needs. No one gives a shit about OU Kansas football. Like India me. threw it, and me caught it, man. That's crazy. Would be great. Man. Did you listen to the one where he was? He came into the baseball booth with the uh, Jason Benetti guy. Yeah, who calls the Maui Invitational with him? Yeah, and it was perfect. People were tuning in to that broadcast just to see Bill Walton. That would help ESPN, or is it ABC for this one? It's ABC for ABC. This it would help the ratings for this game. People nationally would tune in. Watch they should do it. With a tie-dye shirt, <laughs> this, hat this. Back, on backwards, and a blunt in his mouth with massive sunglasses. <laughs> this game should go straight to Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah. It's, man. It's Subscribe to ESPN Plus for he the He can just <laughs> ramble the entire time with Grateful Dead references and Bob Dylan. What up? I'm here for it, just, man. Uh, I'd love it. And I'm it would it. it would uh, piss off that, Dean Blevins. It would piss off Barry Trammell. Dean Blevins. Oh, my God. This guy. Dean Blevins, the guy that showed some woman's boobs on Bourbon Street. Breasts. Boobies. Breasts. Tits. <laughs> on Bourbon Street. And is like, this is somebody's daughter. While still recording her and putting on a social media. And then for some reason, had to take a two to three week hiatus on News Nine. I'm sure that was a coincidence. It's I a mean, total That was probably when he chose to take his vacation days. God. You know, yeah. More Steve McGeehee. I like Steve McGee. Yeah, he's awesome. But uh, yeah, gosh, yeah, I would I would be on bo- on board 100%. Bill Walton, Bill Walton commentating this. He game. is my favorite. But uh, so we got to do it. What's, the line is 35 points. I'm I'm staying away from that line. Oh, yeah. I was staying away from the line last week. 100%. They did end up covering, yeah, covered, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's... OU's going to cover. You think OU's going to cover? 35? Yeah. yeah. What's the score prediction? Um, I, Well, I'm a guess, so I, I, I'll say it. Um, I'm going to say 63 to 17. Wow. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on our pregame pods, but I've been. I was dead right almost on... Um, 
OU score wise, I was dead right on UCLA and um, uh, Texas Tech. And then I was off by like three or four points on both opponents. And then the Houston game, I was pretty damn close to. I think I was off by like, if they didn't score, Houston didn't score that last BS touchdown, I would mm-hmm. have been correct. So, yeah. uh, so what, 63 to 17? So what he's saying is if you guys need uh, betting opportunities and advice. And I don't crazy. gamble. So, yeah. I mean, I'll let someone else play with their money. Yeah, there you go. 11 a.m., Lawrence, Kansas. This is going to be a tough one to get up for for OU with OU Texas next weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like 55 20 yeah. something like that. I was going to go 56 24 which is not enough to cover. But close. But yeah. So that would be a push for me, wouldn't it? Yeah, 55 yeah, 20. Would. Yeah. Well, I can't pick a push. So let's go 56 20. Let's go <laughs> Let's go 52-20. Okay. How about that? That's fair. One field goal for Gabe Burkage. Yep. Not that Callum Sutherland kid that gets drunk. Well, well, he. Man, do you think he'll be back? I think he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll be back. He'll be I, back. I well, but will he be the kicker for this game? Is what I'm wondering. That's a good question. I don't mm-hmm. know because I bet he. I bet Burkage is the kicker until he misses one in that Sutherland again. <laughs> Sounds good for me. I mean. He might he might kick better when he's in, intoxicated. Those kicks were a little wonky that Burkich kicked. Like they he were going the, back and forth yeah, big time. He hugged the post, no doubt. Oh yeah, but uh, maybe maybe just Callum Sutherland's just trying to live up to his Scottish heritage and kick kick, kick the ball drunk and yeah. Maybe you just go right through the uprights. I guess the guy from he's, replacements was Welsh. Whitey, but it's the same yeah Whitey, same spirit. Though. I'm not a Mick. I'm bloody Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but man. Just going on right now, I saw this on Instagram today, and, um, you know, it's it's great. I love it. Because Kyler Murray, never really that outspoken in the media, um, ever, really. And he would always give these vague messages on Twitter. He vague comes in with, like, a quiet Instagram. slam yeah. from time to time. Like, when he made fun of, like, Eddie with the shirt size or whatever. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I, I don't even know if he was making fun of him. I think he just I, didn't Well, he was say clapping that. back a little bit. I mean, like, like, that I don't was... Know if they make it in your size. And then they, people were like, oh, that was really rude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't mean to do that. I don't know, but it was. Uh, Eddie has uh, capitalized off of it. Yeah, he yeah. has, as he does with everything. He's great, but he's very talented. So Kyler Murray posts a picture of himself on Instagram. Says, "Hug the road." Word to OB in Parliament, and then Buki adds his two cents in there, and CD asks for the link, and a man named David. I'm not gonna add his Twitter, Instagram, or his Instagram. Says, "I know it's early, but come on, man." Pick it up. Look horrible early in games, then you get rolling. You guys look dreadful, man. Huge OU fan, so I'm rooting for you. But sheesh, this ain't college Glad no more. Glad he qualified it with that. Step it up. And Kyler actually replied to him and said, you sound dumb as hell. I got a really big laugh out of that this morning. That's just, that's pure enjoyment for just me. Just what compels a human being to be like, you know what? The power of rice. The power of rice compels you. There yeah. you go. That's what. <laughs> you asked jack i'm sorry <laughs> i felt compelled to answer your question it's just so good because like I've, i haven't seen kyler clap back like that at all because baker he, he clapped back at antonio brown he's like maybe i should just go freeze my feet off and i was like oh my god that's too that's on brand that's... oh was that at antonio brown no somebody was like saying like oh, his okay. antics okay his antics were like antonio brown he's like no i'm gonna go, might as well go freeze my feet off though and then I laughed really hard because I hate Antonio Brown with the passion. Well, Antonio Brown will always have that touchdown against the Dolphins. 
And he'll have to always have that touchdown. Oh, well, his school always had that touchdown against OSU, Central Michigan, when they defeated them. And they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. But hey, I'm all about it. Hey, blame Mike Gundy for calling a pass play on fourth down with eight seconds left. It's what Gundy. A, he tucks his tucks his own sweaters into his underwear. It's Mike Gundy. But he plays Donkey Kong, so he's cute now again. Even Super though, cool. Even though he lost OSU a game in Austin two weeks ago. Mm, it's real good. You know, talking about Texas. OU students, OU Daily came out with this post today, or yesterday, whatever it was in the paper. Students and spirit organizations, of course, cheerleaders and yada yada and roughnecks, advised not to do the horns down. This is the kind of thing, I know he's no longer in his position, obviously, but this reeks of some David Bourne bullshit. (laughs) I I theorize that now that Gallagher's out of power... David Bourne is pulling the strings from afar. How about so. that? How do you like that conspiracy? I don't know. Theory? I think David Bourne likes his hand gestures and movements in private, <laughs> in private. <laughs> behind closed doors of like his uh, office. Or of something. course, we're talking about signing papers. Oh, of course. Yes. I mean, of course. What else would we be talking Administrative about? Administrative work. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, he's he, he important empire stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It does. Is it a boring thing? You think? No, I was fucking around. But, but like, like it, I it said, this sounds like something that he would have done. It wouldn't be a. He was overly image conscious. It wouldn't be a Castiglione thing. No, it's it, it has nothing to do. Then with where the hell is no. it? Would it be coming it's from? A Texas influence. Texas, um, corporate wise, business wise, Texas runs the Big Twelve. Now on the field, OU has run the Big Twelve obviously yeah. the last four years. You know, and even beyond that. So. Um, I mean, but Texas still, they swing the big dick when it comes to like all the business meetings in the conference. And that's why Nebraska chose yeah. to quit and leave. Nebraska, Missouri, A&M, yeah, Colorado. Like they're hard to deal with. And then silly things like this have to come about. And I, I don't get it. I just, I really don't. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. Because even the fans, both sides are like, dude, this is bullshit. Like, because it's a rivalry, and everybody understands is this. Is Texas going to stop shooting a, an opposing jersey through a cannon? No. Like, that, that's essentially the same damn thing. And is Texas the entire stop? fan base yeah. chanting, oh, you yeah, sucks, sucks during Texas and, fight. And it's a fucking projectile, yeah. like, from a weapon. Yeah. Like, like what are we doing here? This, I don't even want to say that this is like this is where society is now. Like that that conversation always makes me that makes me roll my eyes because right. like, I think it's silly. But this it's soft. This in in and of itself is just soft from Texas's end because the um, if you don't want people to put the horns down, then fucking do something about it. Yeah. And the thing is, most of don't their lose. fans don't really seem to give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Texas feel like they're taking care. Oklahoma's side on this. Yeah, no, they're the most. They have they have a fucking field day. Like, uh, you bought that upset. You bought that Texas Longhorn bumper sticker. You gave us money. <laughs> so like, dumb. Fuck, man. Like, who gives a fuck? This is what's fun about college football yeah. is stuff like this. Like, and, the morning, and they do seem to understand that element of it. Yeah. I mean, they seem you know, like you said, sort of a little bit flattered by the whole thing. They're not soft about it generally. Oh, their leadership obviously is. Yeah. Oh, he's not even playing Texas, Herman. and they're still doing the horns down. But it's just like the morning of the Big Twelve title game, and I was in the hotel before we went down to Jerry World. The lobby is full of Texas fans because that stadium was full of Texas fans. And I look over at my buddy Jacob, and I'm like, I give the, th- the horns down, and because I like motioning at all the other Longhorn fans in the lobby. And one of the women looked up at me. She's like, she's a Texas fan. She's like, hey, you can't do that. And then she started laughing. She's like, I'm just kidding. That shit's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's that's just the way these Texas fans view things. It's just like they understand as well. Like, this is a rivalry game. Like, 
And like LSU, they're going to do the same thing, but it was like an SEC crew that was refereeing that game, so they didn't care about the horns down. It's like the Big 12 in itself. And it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's exhausting mentally. And also exhausting mentally is Antonio Brown saying that Baker Mayfield is a scam and shouldn't have been drafted higher than Lamar Jackson. thought that was interesting. You hate to see it come back in his face. Yep. Whoa. He said, that's a scam. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm throwing Jack under the bus. Okay, <laughs> that, uh, that, that was – Archer would come in with phrasing on that one. Phrasing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just living life, man. I'm just rolling with the punches, apparently. But yeah, uh, God. I mean, Antonio Brown. This is when I knew things were bad. Antonio, like, when he bleached his mustache blonde. First of that's all, that's when I knew. Signal number one was okay. This is not good. That's bleached not a good mustache, look at like, all. What is going on here? That's not even good for your skin. I would the, imagine. The Patriots harbored a murderer known as Aaron Hernandez. And they were cool with him for the longest time until some real shit hit the fan. And then they took one week of Antonio Brown with like two practices and said, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good. How about you just go on your way after harboring like a murderer and Aaron Hernandez. So it's just like, what the hell is this man doing? Like he, he's swearing off NFL, but now he's like, well, I might get back. CTE is a hell of a drug. Especially with that helmet he's been wearing. So is cocaine. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a cokehead, but he acts like a cokehead. I think he... It reminds me of... Do you guys? Are, I'm sure you guys did. You guys ever watched the, the show Jackass growing up? Of course, yeah. Yeah, what was their safe word? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Was it? Yeah. Yep. The Dude, safe word was oh always Oklahoma. But growing up watching Jackass, um, it was a staple in my childhood, apparently. And uh, but not as much as a staple to where I would know the safe word is Oklahoma, and just talking about how um, oh uh, man, you know what? I just went blank talking about jackass. That's the worst. Well, I feel like a jackass. I feel like a jackass. I don't know. Where don't take my that. name in vain. <laughs> That's Jack, and there's his ass. You guys can't see, you know, at home, but yeah. I'm exposing my buttocks right Unless now. this podcast goes straight to yeah. Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have no idea what we're doing right now. We could be podcasting just, just nude. Naked as Jaybird. Why yeah. aren't we? Yeah, that's you know, that's a good question. You know, if you, if you hear the skin, like, you know, coming off of uh, my the, the chair. You leather can, chair, you yeah. These fine leather chairs. Yeah, you can hear it eventually, but man, I don't even remember where I was going with that jackass quote. Bu- the air horn on the golf course was a classic. Okay, yeah. That was outstanding. Oh, Tourette's, God, sorry. yeah. <laughs> I have Tourette's, I'm sorry. So they give you an air horn? Yeah. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, that was so good. I love when he tees it up and hits the ball back at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old man with the mustache. Oh, it's good times. What's and, what's another one of your favorite jackass sketches? Uh, when Steve-O gets put in the porta potty and they like slingshot it up and down or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just triggered, re- re-triggered what I was thinking. Oh, I triggered you? Yeah, you triggered me. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. So, Jackass, the show, like, really big, really loved it. Bam Margera had his own spinoff of it. And Steve-O suffered from, like, A, just lots of drug addiction, but also an addiction to media and filming himself because he had had a camera in his face ever since he was young. And... On an unrelated note, subscribe to people's YouTube channels. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah, I got your 
Jesus. <laughs> but that's what I think Antonio Brown is like. He has to have a camera in his face 24-7. I think Hard Knocks was like the worst situation possible for him. First of all, he, Antonio Brown, I'm not saying he was high, but the way Arriving he, in a hot air balloon was pretty neat. The way he acted 24-7 on camera suggested that like this dude is stoned out of his mind. If I was a football player, he's not that prima weird. donna, I would, I would arrive on a horse-drawn carriage and like wear a top hat and a monocle. Or Baker Mayfield <laughs> just arriving in an RV. Baker Mayfield. QB's only and uh, the Vista Cruiser from that 70s yeah. show. Oh, just there we up. go. <laughs> but it's just like, I think that, I think Antonio Brown suffers from like this idea that he needs to be in the spotlight 24-7, so that's why he does so so much dumb shit. It's just, it's unreal to me. And Or he's just a buffoon. Or that too. Yeah. But he would, it's just so weird because that is not the Antonio Brown that we thought, or I thought was him four years ago. And I remember Ryan Clark saying, don't pay this man. He's going to go crazy. And they paid him. And this man clearly went crazy. So It was mean, pretty cool when he like kicked the punter on that punt return oh, that yeah. one time. Karate, karate kicked him right in the face for the touchdown. And then they called it back because apparently you can't kick a guy in his face mask. I didn't know that was Billy a rule Billy Sims did that in the yeah. NFL. He, he kicked the guy. Still really cool. Yeah. But uh, OSU, Kansas State was on ESPN+. Plus. And it was a major shit show. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Didn't have my laser disc. And uh, there's a rain delay too, so it was super. It also watch it. cut out from the coverage yep. for a while. Like, and they gave you like this old school view, and they came back to actually being able to watch it. As far as like, it looked like somebody had their camera at the 50 yard line up at like aisle J, just filming this game. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It, it was so bad. Periscoping. It, it looked bad. And first of all, we need to acknowledge a couple things. Uh, Spencer Sanders looks like Mr. Tumnus, 100%. <laughs> He's got the small goatee and the frizzy hair. Oh, my God. Yeah, give him horns. He, he looks like Mr. Tumnus, 100%. And, and a pan flute. And uh, <laughs> he does look like Mr. Tumnus. I mean, it's great. And then Barry Trammell's real top 10 that <laughs> is great. We can acknowledge this now. So oh, go from, going no. from 10 to 1, K-State 10, USC 9, Iowa, Florida, Florida, and Wisconsin, and then five to one, Georgia, Clemson, California, who just got—they didn't get their asses beat by uh, Herm. Arizona State, but they got that the score was not indicative of how bad they got beat. LSU and Auburn, and what four of those teams? Three of those teams lost. Florida is just garbage, and they are the worst. Like Florida. Worst undefeated team through five they weeks. They're so seen, bad. I feel like a few years ago, Minnesota went like 8-0 one year. Or, or there was that Nebraska team like three years ago under Mike Riley. They skated through like, I think, 8-0 during that season and yeah. then immediately transitioned into the team that went like 3-9 and nine or whatever the next year. Mm-hmm. How, what was their record that year? 2017? The one that got them fired. Anyway, that was the team all along that year. Yep. And they still managed to go 8 No, This Florida team seems like one that could easily implode similarly. They're bad. They're not good at all. But they're still in the top 10 because of SEC. See, they were even bad before losing old what's-his-face, Felipe. Yeah, Felipe. And this guy... That Miami game is a shit show. Ugh. The Trask guy's not great either. Shout out to LaMichael P. Ryan, though. He is good. Yep. Not as good as his cousin, though. No, he's not. But, man, we're an hour and a half in this podcast, and 
I want to. I just want. I just want Brady to talk about a his life in general, or b just. I mean, Brady. He does a lot. I mean, we talk about all stuff before we on the pod, and just in general. Like I does sports. Brady does sports, and that's like your handle, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But Brady does a lot more than sports. You know, podcasting, game covering. You know, the Thunder. Uh, OK82 podcast, and he does a great job there. The Inside OU with Hoove and Rufus Alexander, that's fantastic stuff, too. And you are fresh off media days and from practice, and all I want to know is, is Andre Robertson going to be a waste of money this year? No. He's $10 million. That's like a drop in the bucket. <laughs> I mean, especially when they're paying, at least right now, um, 40 million dollars to Chris Paul. Yeah. And then... How much did Danilo Gallinari make? 36? Won't matter when they trade him. Um, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, and I'm sorry I'm repeating this to you guys, um, I uh, I went to practice today. That started like around, I got there around 12.30. So I've been working all damn day, and I around 7, I left the franchise station to go get some food, and I went to Big Tru- Big Truck Tacos on 23rd Street. And, good choice. And the I, Flaming Lips Tacos, the so diggity. Um, I had to park on the street, so I'm walking up to it, and then this tall human like scoots past me on a lime scooter. And I look, and I'm like, Looks, that's Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> Can confirm, Gallinari is Team Jort. He was wearing jorts. Mm. He is European. He's, He's European, obviously. He's from Italy. Yeah. The boot. Does he have a satchel? Um, he did not have a satchel. He had a um, a lady acquaintance oh. behind him, a very lovely lady, um, scooting around with him on a separate scooter. Um, our good friend Keegan Renault was worried that um, of his safety and health because Keegan's a Thunder fan and trade value is prominent with Gallinari. Um, but rest assured, he wasn't uh, freestyling or anything. Was he, he was, wearing a helmet? He wasn't wearing a helmet. Oh, no. I don't know if that's... Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a law in Oklahoma. Is that a law? I don't think so. Well, he wasn't breaking the law, and he wasn't scooting too quickly. So rest assured, Thunder fans, he will be safe. But I will be at practice tomorrow, so in case he's not there, then we'll know why. Judas Priest wants him to break the law. Yeah, they do. a song about it. Yeah, um, yeah, like 45,000 years ago. Yeah, it's still relevant. Yeah, it was... uh, But yeah, other than that, just... Fun, fun basketball and college football stuff. Hey, you're it's, about to get super busy. Yeah, it's um. Sometimes I forget what podcast I'm on, and then I'll say like basketball terminology on a football yeah. pod, or vice versa, and then I have to catch myself and go, "Oh shit!" So, uh, I mean, like before we get out of here, just tell us about all your work. Tell us where we can find all of your stuff because yeah. you do do a lot of stuff, and it's like me and Jack have talked about it a lot on the podcast previously. Like, you do great stuff, and all your stuff is quality, and you have a lot of great insight. Love having you on the podcast. Thank you. Um, just tell us where we can find all of your stuff, so everybody else that's listening can find your stuff. Yeah, too. and don't forget to plug my uh, Moments of Mayhem with uh, oh, Kirk yeah, Herbstreet or whatever. We will not forget to plug <laughs> our your buddy, Moments of Mayhem. Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, our friend, friend of the show, right? Yeah, friend of the friend show of now. Friend of the pod. <laughs> friend of the pod. Yeah. The only friend of the pod that I have is Jerry Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> does he let you wear his like top hat things or whatever he has i wouldn't put that near or around my head <laughs> mm-hmm. i have no idea where that's been mm-hmm. he used to live in juarez too so what <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you should so he's probably got all sorts of shit you though. should subscribe to uh, intimate with tv's jerry by the way um <laughs> part of the franchise podcast network that i started up um got that got the sam mace podcast which is great mm-hmm. all in for all your sports betting sports gambling needs that's with chisholm holland 
couple of his friends, and then Andrew Gilman does a show with him once a week. Then we do OKC82, OSU, OSU fans. Um, you've got Madison Morris doing the uh, Come After Me on the podcast, uh, OSU pod. And then uh, did I say did I already say Inside OU? Or no, well, I already did. said Inside OU with Rufus and uh, John Hoover. And then OKC82, once the season starts, we'll go back to the old format of doing like a pod after each game, me and Madison, and then maybe some guests along the way. We have fun, um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's it's gonna get busy. But you guys are busy. Everybody's busy. Yeah. You know, so it's. I mean, this is the job I signed I'm not up that for. Busy. At Brady does sports here on Twitter, right? At Brady does sports. Brady does everything. Yeah, that's. I mean, but I all I do is sports. Yeah. Um, I don't do anything else particularly well. All I do is win. <laughs> God. Is that your Twitter DJ handle? Khaled. No, it is not. It is. Well, uh, then then you don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Brady. I'm, I'm just saying, like. So, Twitter is real life. Subscribe real to life. people's YouTube channels. It's true. Gosh, <laughs> Jesus. He's not going to listen to this. Or okay. tears will be shed. Yeah. Uh, but his his legions will. His legions will. <laughs> his legions will. You are correct on that one. He speaks the truth. What are you, God. What are you guys going to do this weekend? Besides, I mean, are you going to get a shower? Jack, are you going to get a shower beer for this Shower beer tomorrow. I don't okay. care. <laughs> But, uh, Wednesday. You, you guys That's should encourage your starts. You guys should encourage your listeners to um, like selfie them having a beer sh- or a shower beer. Oh shower God, beer. don't give me that like, idea at the uh, at the podcast. Gonna have some redneck, you know, Harold from Nuwala send us a full body pic in the shower. So <laughs> I'm not like I wouldn't look forward to that. Yeah, edit it like uh, Baker Mayfield grabbing his crotch. Yeah, that's a good idea. Go. Uh, pro- probably gonna go to uh, brew house. My boy Matt, go watch mm. the game. Eleven a.m. Solid. Uh, it's always fun. Always fun to do that at eleven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Thursday night going to a show at Jones Assembly, which is an outstanding venue in this city, by the way. The goat pizza is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm seeing Old Crow Medicine show there, so a little wagon Ooh. wheel action. Interesting. But, uh, anyway, old, old Crow Medicine show. It will be fun. It's not the Counting Crows, right? Not the the Old Crow one. <laughs> And the, it's like one of them. I'd be Cheryl. down for it's counting. The, it's, it's, it's the Cheryl. older. It's, it's not Adam Duritz. It's. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Sing with Russell there too. <laughs> Cheryl and Russell just hanging out. But anyway, yeah, dude. Uh... Shooting the shit <laughs> as they do. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I do enjoy that half of the venue is like outside with park benches like on the side and you can see the whole thing. I mean, it, it's a dope venue. I mean, I like that we have like good mid-sized venues in yeah. Oklahoma City. Now we got Tower, got Criterion, we got all sorts of shit now, but Yeah. Anyway, that'll be the beginning of the weekend. So, then the rest will probably be spent listening to the new Sturgill Simpson album for for like the 20th time through like the 50th time mm-hmm. something like that it's pretty dope if you all heard the it songs until they annoy you they're never gonna annoy me really? i don't think now who's sturgill simpson <sighs> are you both of y'all squares come on i no. am not greg mcelroy is a square yeah. yeah he is he is a square yeah. undeniably but yeah this weekend just immersing my what what games are on this weekend other than nothing what, what games are in prevalent this weekend that might... who's auburn playing Oh, I think Florida. Auburn. Florida. That's yeah. right. Auburn. In Gainesville. They're going to win that they're game. Gonna jump, they're just going to jump Oklahoma just by playing a bad They're going to win team. that game and get so much credit for it because Florida, like, we, like we're like we contractually obligated to say that they're talented. Yeah. As if that matters. How many talented teams have failed? Yeah. So um, bad. I don't think Auburn's that good. They're I think, not. I think they're fine. I think they're a good team. And I think 
you know, if if you're a, one of the better teams in the SEC and you don't show up to play, Auburn can beat you. I just don't think that they're like a playoff team by any means. I don't either. But I think that about wraps us up. So hey, follow me, Kamam Robbie, and on Twitter at at Robbie and CCM. Follow Jack at CCM Machine or Jaylary Shields. Follow Brady Trantham at Brady Does Sports. He does a lot more things as well. And then just follow website CrimsonCreamMachine.com, and we'll uh, check you guys later.